listening to Broncos This Week, presented by Original 16. The official beer of the Swift Current Broncos is Ryan Schweitzer and Craig Boschman. This is the Broncos This Week podcast brought to you by Original 16. I'm Ryan Schweitzer in the Bronco Content Creation Lab at the Innovation Credit Union Iplex and Swift Current. Craig Boschman out in the field in Edmonton. What's your uh, What's your 20 right now, Bosch? I am actually in Roger's place right now. I'm looking at about an 80-foot-high photo of Connor McDavid on one of the many, many walls inside this very nice, brand-new building and uh, just kind of exploring around while we do our podcast here. Yeah, for sure. What, what was it like last night, that experience? I know it was your first time you know, working in, uh, in Roger's place. What's it like for the players to get the opportunity to play in a new state-of-the-art NHL rink? Yeah, I think it's pretty cool for them. Obviously, the atmosphere is not, uh, not quite what you'd get in an NHL game, but um, you know, for them to, to play on that ice surface, I mean, you think about it, uh, you know, they played Wednesday on Tuesday night, Connor McDavid was out there skating with the Oilers, so it's kind of a, a cool thing for them, I'm sure, but, um, you know, obviously the focus has got to try and be on your game, and despite the atmosphere and the rake not being all that great, to put it, to put it lightly, um, just try and focus on, on the game and forget about the fact that you're playing uh, in an NHL rink and uh, just try and get a win, I guess. Yeah, for sure. So uh, the Broncos in action tomorrow night, a Friday the 13th rematch against the uh, Edmonton Oil Kings. I know you had the chance to chat with uh, Brandon Cote this morning, and we'll have that chat coming up shortly here on Broncos this week. But, uh, you know, if you were to surmise his chat, you know, what were some of the things that he keyed on today? Well, it's kind of been the same the same message over the last few games, really. I mean, there's been a lot of good things that the Broncos have been doing, but it's the last three games in a row now there's been stretches where they've given up goals in less than a minute and it just puts them so far behind the eight ball when trying to fight back and get their way you know into a game and then claw their way back so it's kind of been uh, you know a reoccurring nightmare essentially where you you play a pretty good game overall but there was a, a 30 or 60 second stretch that when you look back I mean that's the that's the part that cost you the game so um, you know, the focus is, is obviously trying to remain focused on the positives that they're, they're doing. I mean, the penalty kill was good yesterday. Um, obviously, Caleb Wiersocks' Western League debut was outstanding. So um, just trying to put the, the bad things in the back of your mind and, and just try and really key in on, the, on the, the positive things that they've been doing lately. Yeah, two goals in 32 seconds really sunk the boat last night. And, uh, you know, you use the term recurring nightmare when describing that. But really a, a dream debut for Caleb Wirestock last night. What was it like being around him post game? Yeah, I can't imagine how he must have felt. Um, you know, obviously a guy who, who's been a scorer, you know, the last couple of years in his minor hockey league and uh, a guy who's, who's, I think, more known as, uh, you know, kind of that uh, pest, really, that guy who gets under the opponent's skin. And maybe not surprising not to see him play that style in his, his first ever Western League game when you're out there against guys who are, you know, three or four years older than you. But, um, you know, he was, he was a difference maker. And I think, uh, you know, throughout the year when, when talking about Caleb to, you know, Broncos management or coaches, they they all seem to say that that same mindset. He's gonna he's gonna be a fan favorite and so current for for years to come, and and you can see why. Just the way he he works hard. He was honestly one of the best players on the ice last night, and you know, part of that might have just been the adrenaline of getting your first game and, and getting your first goal. He had power play time in the third period when the Broncos on had a, a four minute power play, so he was a difference maker last night. And I don't think he's gonna score in every Western League game he ever plays, but um, if he can provide offense, you know, somewhat regularly and and be that pest and a, a shift disturber uh, uh, for a lot of the time when he's on the ice. I'm sure he's going to be uh, you know, well-loved uh, at the Iflex. All right, coming up on this week's uh, Broncos This Week show, we got uh, Jackson Koleski joining us, one of the Broncos' 20-year-olds, and uh, a guy who I would have to think has been a pleasant surprise for the coaching staff thus far. 
Oh, big time, yeah. I mean, obviously, he wasn't a huge scorer um, in his... I mean, even his minor hockey days, he wasn't an overly huge scorer. And, you know, was buried in the lineup in, in Moose Jaw in Seattle and then not really given a chance to, to show what he can do offensively. So, you know, him coming here and, and getting a chance to be, you know, basically a top-line forward and a, and a power play guy and a penalty kill guy, um, he's showing that he can provide offense and he can be a difference maker. And he has been ever since he's got here. Uh, he's 12 points in 14 games now after last night. So... Uh, he's loving it here. You know, he's loving the opportunity that he's been given, and uh, he's certainly making sure the coaching staff knows that he appreciates it by uh, the effort that he's put forth. Right on. Broncos in action tomorrow night. Jackson Koleski coming up later on in the podcast. Uh, assistant coach Brandon Cote will join us as well. Bosch, uh, I imagine you're crossing a few items off the Christmas shopping list while you're in Edmonton, but uh, we want to give people here a reminder of some stable hours. Uh, if you want to stuff the stocking of the Bronco fan on your list, uh, make sure and take advantage of 9 a.m. to 7 hours from now until December 21st, Saturday, December 14th and 21st, actually. The stable will be open 10 to 5 and uh, closed on Sundays and then open again on the 27th at 9 a.m. after being closed on the 23rd. So stable hours have shifted around a little bit, 9 to 7 as of right now, and then Saturdays, uh, 14th and 21st from 10 to 5. So a chance for people to do a little Christmas shopping here. Yeah, of course. I got to try and get some Christian shopping done too. I think the the fun is for the team to head to West Edmonton Mall today because they got the off day, obviously. So everyone's going to hop on the bus and see if I can get a, at least a couple of things off that list of mine, which has been at the same level for the last few months. So I got to get my act together here. That's tough when you're in Edmonton because you have to make the decision, okay, am I going to go shopping or am I going to go water sliding or maybe taking the amusement park? It's tough when you're only there for a few hours, eh? Well, I can try and do both, I guess. Take the water slide first and then go shopping right after. But I've been at West End Mall in a long time. It's probably been, honestly, 10 years since I've been there. So I don't even know what that mall is like anymore. I'm going to have to immerse myself and probably get lost and miss the bus back to the hotel later on. <laughs> Fun times ahead. Uh, we also want to remind fans of a uh, Swift Current Bronco family day type skate that's going to be after the game on Sunday, January the 5th. Seattle's in town. It's a 4 o'clock face-off, and then after that, the Broncos, they'll go and gear down, and then they'll be uh, on the ice to skate with the fans. So a nice way to spend the post-game of the Sunday, January 5th game with Seattle in town. Yeah, that was always fun. Um, you know, I did a few of those in, in Battleford when I was there a couple years ago, and I'd, I'd always try and rip out to my car and grab my skates and jump on the ice. The guys always seemed to love it when I'd all of a sudden, be out there on my suit, ripping around the ice, uh, just breaking my own ankles. So uh, that'll be a fun time. Obviously, the kids love it. Uh, you know, getting a chance to skate out there with with their favorite players and that kind of stuff. So a fun way for the guys to kind of unwind a bit after a game. And um, obviously, it's always a lot more fun when the team wins. And hopefully, the guys can pull off a victory against uh, Seattle on that Sunday. And everyone's doing good for the post game skate. All right, this is the Broncos This Week podcast, brought to you by Original Sixteen, our coaches' show with assistant coach Brandon Cote. Right after this. You're listening to Broncos This Week, presented by Original 16, the official beer of the Swift Current Broncos. Broncos This Week podcast presented by Original 16. It's time for our coaches segment, and we are joined now by Broncos assistant coach Brandon Cote. Brandon, uh, a loss in Edmonton last night, uh, 3-1 final score, and for the third straight game, those two bang-bang goals that kind of come back to haunt your team. Yeah, it's again, it's one of those things, it's, it's frustrating because... Uh, we feel overall we've played some pretty good hockey against some pretty good teams here lately with a tough schedule. Um, and saying that, we have to find ways not to shoot ourselves in the foot early on. And when we do that, we're, we're playing catch-up. And when you're not able to score a lot of goals, um, especially coming from behind against some pretty good teams, when they lock it down, we put, our, we put ourselves in a pretty, pretty tough predicament. So um, finding that, that early preparation is important for our group. 
and that confidence I think is is going to help us so uh, we should feel confident coming into Friday because we did play fairly well I, w I would like to think that they thought that uh, they probably didn't have their best effort either but at the same time I think we can feel good about uh, a lot of the things that we did in the second and third periods really hammers home that old adage one of the oldest ones in the hockey book that you got to play 60 minutes and maybe not 59 58 yeah and that's that's the thing it's uh you never, you're not going to lose a game early on, um, but if you can't, you can't recover, and you, you're only playing until you're only playing that that 55 or 59 or whatever it is, it can come back back to bite you. And so we've had that uh, happen quite a bit over the last little bit. So that's that's a, a big focus for ours is uh, starting out the right way, playing simpler, and you know taking advantage of some opportunities early on when we can. Take a look at some positives. The penalty kill goes four for four last night against a very good power play, so that's kind of a, st a step in the right direction. Yeah, like I said, we've we've adjusted a few things, nothing crazy, but just kind of breaking it down a little bit and working on stick position and body position and, and being in shooting lanes and getting sticks in front and and all those types of things, making sure we're clearing the puck. Uh, and I thought we did a really good job last night. Poltz made the saves when he needed to. We're going to give him. Give him, give him some clear shots where we know he's going to save it, especially on the short side of the net, and then we're clearing things out. So overall, we did a good job with that. We need to continue that if we want to have success. And, and then, we, you know, we still have to continue to improve our power play. And again, it goes back to just simplifying it and not overcomplicating it and just getting it to the net and finding ways for it to hit a stick or a body or whatever it is to get things going the right way with that. You always want to focus on the here and now to get some wins this season, but a big piece of your team's future in Caleb Weierstock played his first game yesterday and probably couldn't have asked for a much better debut for him. No, he was fantastic. And again, he kept it simple. He, he competes hard. He plays with an edge. He's got some skill and he can skate. And he showed that on his goal. Like he, he intercepted a pass, took it to the net, and good things happen when, when you do that. But I, I thought he played very poised for a young guy. Um, and he just he kept it simple. He played hard, and you saw it in his play. He was confident out there, and he was rewarded with, with quite a bit of ice time last night, which is good to see. A lot of Alberta players on this team, uh, a lot of friends and family in the stands here in a rink like this. Uh, do you worry about the focus levels, not only during game, but leading up to a match in a building like this? I think there's some distractions, especially if you haven't been in a, a rink like this and played in that environment. There wasn't a lot of energy in the building last night, so hopefully on, on Friday there might be a little more uh, fanfare. Um, at the same time, I know just from experience being a player in the league and whenever you're playing in front of friends and family, uh, it's always a motivator. So it can be a distraction sometimes, but at the same time, I th I'd like to think that a lot of guys that are from Alberta um, are going to have that extra motivation to play well for their family watching. Two more games before the team gets about a 10 or 11 day break for the Christmas break. Do you sometimes worry in those last two or one game even that the focus levels might start to drift on holiday time? I think that's always a concern no matter where you're at. Like I'm sure these guys are talking about the same thing because you're, you're thinking about the turkey and the Christmas uh, goodies and whatever else, Santa Claus coming and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's definitely easy to get distracted, but at the same time, if you look at it the other way, you can take advantage of some teams who maybe aren't necessarily focused. So I think uh, for us, we just, we have to be process oriented. We have to do things the right way, starting with our preparation for practice and our warm-ups. We really have to start from square one with a lot of things, and we're going to 
build that up and hopefully that'll pay off uh you know with at least one here before the break to get us feeling good about ourselves and then uh pick up where we left off after the break and hopefully get a few more wins in the new year and on that same topic uh it has been a busy stretch lately i think it was not or six games in nine days whatever it was so as two there is two more games to focus on but after that a much needed break for this club yeah, it's been a real tough schedule. Uh, lots of good teams, uh, lots of games in a short a few amount of days. So uh, it's it's a grind. And we have some guys who are injured and banged up and sick and all that. Every team has that, though, so we can't use those as excuses. But um, definitely a well-needed well break. And hopefully with that will come some rejuvenation uh, coming back after Christmas and, and uh, focus on the task at hand moving forward. Appreciate this, Brandon. Our coaches segment for Broncos this week presented by Original 16. Uh, Merry Christmas to you and your family. Merry Christmas to you as well. Thanks. You're listening to Broncos This Week presented by Original 16, the official beer of the Swift Current Broncos. We got uh, Jackson Koleski joining us, 20-year-old with the team. Thanks a bunch for uh, taking time to join us just before you guys hit, uh, hit the road here, Jackson. Thank you for having me. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, and your last name, it's, it's Koleski, right? Yeah. Kulusky. So have you literally gone four years in the dub with everybody saying it wrong? I think it's probably been longer than that. Uh, <laughs> I can remember back to when I was little, everyone pronouncing it wrong, and my grandpa would be going up to the announcer at a tournament, <laughs> it's Kulusky, like telling him how it, how it is. So. Well, that's, I mean, I, I'm also guilty of that. I just assumed it was Kulusky when you got here. I should have asked you, honestly, but we figured it out now. And uh, and speaking of now, you're rolling, man. You got six goals already this season. This ties your career high in less than a fifth as many games. Like, man, you're just, you're just feeling so confident right now, I would imagine. Yeah, um, I've never got to play this much in the league and never had this much trust uh, from my coaches so I mean it makes it so much easier to go out there and make plays and, and have fun with the game um, it's a this has been the funnest hockey I've played in a long time so um, I'm just I'm just looking forward to keeping it going and hopefully after Christmas as well yeah it, it, I mean what's the mindset like when you got that call because you were playing junior a and in, in Lloyd Minster in your hometown what was it like getting that call saying that uh, you know you have the chance for one more crack at the dub I was pretty excited um, I was just on my way to a game and um, I, uh, I found out that that was an opportunity for me. And so um, I went out and played and made my decision um, after the game that I was coming. And I, uh, I knew that uh, it was going to be a good opportunity for me to come here. And um, it was just uh, once I got here, I realized uh, what was in front of me and um, that I was ready to put in the work again. Um, just getting cut there and then coming back to Lloyd, I, I was kind of ready to pack her in and um, I wasn't in the best mindset. So uh, coming here, it, uh, it's changed my mindset and uh, I'm a lot happier person so far since I've been here. So I'm just enjoying it a lot. Yeah, and you kind of touched on getting, you know, released from Seattle where you spent a full season before. So heading into the start of the season with Seattle, did you have any idea like maybe I can stick around if I play hard enough, if I battle hard enough, I might be able to stay here for my 20 year old season? Yeah, I thought I had a good chance. Um, I had a good relationship with uh, everyone in the organization and um, they knew what I brought. We had some new faces come in to, to camp as 20-year-olds to try out and um, they wanted to go a uh, different direction. That's hockey. So um, I uh, took, a, took it uh, with a grain of salt and just um, was ready to go back to Lloyd and uh, play some hockey and then got the call to come here so just happy to be uh, back in the league again yeah sorry Swiss, go ahead. no no problem I was just going to ask you uh, you know going back in the day you had some time in your career with uh, with Moose Jaw what's it like being uh, in Swift Current after some some really emotional games being on the other side with uh, with Moose Jaw yeah it's kind of it's funny just um, I'm remembering back to playoffs and stuff like that a couple a uh, couple years in a row um, it was a series against uh, Swift Current in the first round and um 
it was uh, those were always emotional games. Uh, I didn't play. I didn't play in them because uh, I was hurt. But uh, I remember just watching and, and being in Swift Current for the atmosphere here, and it was pretty crazy. And uh, obviously, Swift Current uh, came out on top both times. So um, it's nice to to be on the team that has those bragging rights over Moose Jaw. So um, no, but I uh, I've enjoyed my time in in all places um, and uh, tried to learn as much as I can. So. I mean, the injuries are one thing that you're dealing with in uh, in Moose Jaw, but, uh, you know, the statistics weren't quite there either. So as a young guy to try and battle your way into a lineup in Moose Jaw, which was filled with high-end talent. So it's got to be tough to try and, and crack a lineup like that and be an impact guy as, as a 17-year-old. Yeah, I didn't uh, I didn't really know where I stood there, I think. Um, I couldn't really find what my game was at that point. Obviously, coming from Midget, everyone scores goals. Everyone's um, one of the go-to guys on their team in Midget. And so going there, I, I just thought, I was gonna score goals and stuff like that I knew it was it was a big jump and obviously that didn't happen and um I uh I was just I was scared to handle the puck I uh I was scared to mess up stuff like that I think a lot of rookies make that mistake um there's nothing to be scared about you're either gonna play or you're not gonna play so you should just go for it um and I wish I would have been able to do that at a younger age but um I'm uh, I'm doing good uh, as of now, so I finally grasped that concept. So it took me a while, but I think it's all come from learning through those experiences. What was the move to Seattle like for you? Because you're you're a Lloyd Minster guy. You play in Moose Jaw, which certainly isn't the biggest city in the world. Uh, you know, what was it like? More of an off ice way of of dealing with Seattle. Um, it was pretty awesome. Uh, I'm I was never a big city guy. Uh, Lloyd, pretty small town feel. Um, but I went to Seattle and uh, I got to see a lot of cool parts of Seattle. Um, it's a huge place, lots of sporting events going on and um, lots of pop culture stuff, uh, downtown Seattle and stuff like that. So um, we got to we got to go down there and see a lot of different parts of it. So that's a, that's a moment in my life that I'll always remember, just uh, kind of a cool opportunity to move to one of the coolest cities in the world. So. Now, I've talked to both current and former players who have played in Seattle and said the one thing that's kind of uh, a knock on it is that for the camaraderie of the team, they live so far apart from each other. Some guys are like half an hour apart, so it's it's difficult to hang out. I know you're with your teammates every day at the rink, but outside of the rink, you don't see them nearly as often as you would in a place like this. Yeah, we uh, we definitely we spent a lot more time at the rink. Um, our days were just dragged out a little bit longer, and I think that was because we didn't get a chance to hang out after um, – I lived I lived cl- close to one guy on uh, on Seattle and that was Matthew Wedman and um, we were kind of both off 30 we were about 35 minutes from the rink in a complete opposite direction of where everyone else lived so I mean we're not we, we can hang out with each other and whatever that's all good but uh, yeah, there wasn't a lot of um, team activities and stuff like that where we'd get together after practice or something like that like you couldn't Swift Current so just driving in Seattle like I've been there a few times and I mean like I'm in my 40s and I have a tough time with it like what what was that even like. Yeah, it was uh, it was pretty hectic. I mean, you get used to it after a bit. But uh, when I first got down there, my parents. So I flew down there, and then my parents drove my truck down. And uh, a truck is not an ideal vehicle down <laughs> there. Um, you might think so, and it's ideal for back home here in Saskatchewan. But uh, it's not. No, it's not the vehicle of choice down there. I don't think um, there's cars buzzing around everywhere, changing lanes and stuff like that. So you just got to be. Uh, 
on your toes, I guess to say the least, when you're when you're driving home every day. What were some of the hot spots you guys uh, frequented off the ice uh, when you're down there in, uh, in in Kent? I guess I should say. Um, there's a place called Kent Station that's right across from the rink, and uh, so it's re- it's really close to the rink. They have a ton of uh, like little restaurants and stuff in there, and um, there's a little bit of shopping, and um, there's a movie theater there too. So that was kind of just a common ground for everyone to meet, whether we were eating or going to a movie or going to shop you know the the atmosphere in the u.s rinks i mean that's really something and there's the intense rivalry with the other teams in the u.s division like i know seattle and everett have a thing like what was it like being a part of that just those those big atmospheres and those big loud rinks it was uh it was super crazy the first few games i played to like wrap wrap my head around that these people are cheering for for 16 to 20 year old kids um because we we don't think we're that big a deal but these people uh they look up to to us as hockey players and um they they love it they love coming to the games and cheering they love the fights they love the big hits stuff like that um so it was that was super cool i actually found it kind of tough to play at home sometimes just because it was it was almost a little nerve-wracking because the fans were so so crazy i've always like a little nervous or a little i'd get goosebumps when i came out sometimes stuff like that so um i i almost like getting away and going on the road a bit stuff like that but it kind of just tells you how important the mental side of the game is too because yeah the physical part's hard but there's the mental part of the game which is almost just as important yeah yeah that uh that was something i don't know why maybe maybe that's not what it was but i i like to think that that was part of my home struggles in seattle um i never scored a goal at home in seattle (laughs) so uh i'm trying to figure out what it was still but uh yeah no i uh i think i was just always a little little nervous and gripping the stick a little too tight there well you've got a bunch here to make up for but one game uh uh, last year, I wanted to ask, it was January 9th in Prince Albert, uh, your first career hat-trick against uh, the team that eventually went on to win the Edge North Cup. Uh, I mean, did you feel any different heading into that game, or did it just all of a sudden come together for you? Um, I was pretty nervous the night before. I had a busload of people come to Saskatoon, and so I played pretty well that game. I had some chances, stuff like that, but uh, I was a little nervous playing in front of all my friends and family that haven't watched me for a long time, so... Um, the next night, just my grandparents were coming and because uh, my parents and stuff couldn't make it. And uh, so I kind of just went out there. It was I didn't really feel too much pressure. I'm like, we're playing against the number one team in Canada right now. And um, it was just one of those games where for some reason the puck kept coming to me and I probably could have scored more than three goals like it was just one of those games it was crazy I remember Brecken Wood was uh on the bench and he's like what is going on man like because we both know I don't I wasn't scoring a lot of goals up until then so um yeah it was just one of those games it was pretty cool uh, experience I'm glad you, you mentioned uh, Brecken because he's a guy and I, I don't know how it's worked out this way who's literally followed you around for your entire career career you're both ex-warriors and ex-thunderbirds is there was there some behind-the-scenes action going on there? Like, did Dean talk to Brecken and say, what do you know about this guy? Like, how do you guys keep ending up together? Um, well, so it was funny because we were both in Lloyd Minster uh, helping out with their uh, kids' camp for the Junior A team before we went to Moose Jaw, and that was going to be our backup plan is we were both going to go to Lloyd and play. And then we both went to Moose Jaw, and I'm thinking, like, I'm just going to check it out. I don't really think I got a chance to make it. And I think kind of same with him. And we both uh, had a really good camp and ended up making the team. And then I uh, went to Seattle as an 18-year-old at the deadline. And uh, the following year, uh, at the start of the year, Brecken had left uh, the Warriors. And my GM came up to me and asked me about him. And I said, I think he's a kid that deserves another chance. 
and so he came uh they brought him into seattle and we played there and then uh it's kind of one of those things where uh, the roles were reversed i think dean probably asked uh brecken a little bit about me and um i uh i hope he said the same thing <laughs> um but uh yeah it's it's pretty funny how it all worked out to uh play with the one guy on every team well, I can imagine, I'm guessing that you guys have a pretty good relationship, but not only him, but also Matthew Benson, a guy you play with in Moose Jaw as well. So am I right in thinking that you guys are maybe some of the closest on the team? Yeah, um, it was it was pretty easy. Uh, or it's always pretty easy to fit in with a group of guys when you have a good relationship with somebody who's been here for a little bit at least. Um, so that made me a lot more comfortable entering uh, the locker room. At least I knew a, a face. And then uh, Benson came along, and I actually knew Smithies as well. He was in Moose Jaw, so there were some familiar faces, and um, I think it was probably easy for Benson to come in too and uh, make some friends and stuff like that, just having uh, some people he already knew. So, it, uh, yeah, it's a lot more comfortable when you have guys like that in the locker room. So getting back to this season here, like what's been going right for you? Like looking at your numbers, you got 12 points in 13 games, uh, one of the higher plus minuses on the team as well. Like what, what's been clicking for you? Um, I've just been playing so free, I think. Um, there's nothing. I came here just trying to enjoy the game again. And uh, I've had I've had line mates that have been working really hard. And um, I just uh, played the last few games with uh, Oster and Rennie, and I think we've found some really good chemistry. Um, but even before that, uh, I played with a few different guys, and um, they were, they're really hard work. Everyone's trying to work hard right now, get us out of this funk we're in. And uh, the puck has just been um, going in for me, and so I, I don't know if it's necessarily something I'm doing. I'm just I'm just trying to to play free and um, just shoot the puck when I get the opportunity. Well, you mentioned the fact that you were trying to enjoy the game more than you were in previous years, which you are now with this role you've been given. So, how much of that do you think is being a 20-year-old and having that kind of relief off your shoulders of wanting to be, you know, a 17-year-old stud, and, and also the coaching staff just saying, "Hey, get out there every second or third shift because we think you can do something." Yeah, um, I think when I was younger, I like you know, everyone sees the NHL draft or whatever, and you know, like you don't really like I never really thought I had a chance to get drafted but it's like how cool would that be and so you're putting so much pressure on yourself still to try to go out there and get points and stuff like that when that's that's not necessarily your role when you're 17 years old and um last year I I I had enough ice time to score some goals and I didn't and uh I just put too much pressure on myself so this year 20 years old it's my last year I want to have fun um I didn't want to have a year where I was pissed off and dwelling going to the rink and stuff like that um so I just found my love for the game again and it's uh yeah it's been a good time so far yeah some fun but not without some responsibility because uh, you got the the number on your or the letter on your jersey uh, you were given an a you're part of the team's leadership core uh you know what was that conversation like when uh, when you were told that uh, that that was the direction the team was going yeah I think a big part of me coming here uh for Dean was that um he wanted uh, some leadership in the room, and I feel like I'm an older guy that can bring a lot of experience. Um, I was an assistant captain uh, with Seattle, um, and so I was part of the, part of that leadership group there. And so I've been in that role before, and um, I just feel like I have a lot of uh, knowledge to share with these young kids and uh, a lot of wisdom um, over the things and stuff I've saw um, throughout my four, three, three and a half years in the league. So. 
um, I think that was big for him and uh, it's also it's just it's big for me to be a leader for these young guys and we're young we're inexperienced so it's a good opportunity for them and for me we're kind of jumping all over the map here but one of the years I wanted to ask you about was your last year of midget you said this is one of the more fun times you've had playing hockey I'm guessing that final year of midget was one of those times as well because that team is was stacked I mean Chase Waters Ty Smith Bryce Kindop I mean there's so many guys in this team uh, you guys won the league you went to the TELUS Cup and you had six goals in seven games at the TELUS Cup like that must have been quite a fun season for you as well yeah we uh at the start of the year, like, we knew we were going to have a good team. And then we ended up getting back, like, Bryce Kindop, uh, Zane Franklin, um, Jansen Leslie. He's no longer playing in the dub now. But uh, we got some guys back from the dub pretty late. And um, we were like, holy man, like, we're going to have a pretty good team here. And um, I think we started the year, like, 8-0 or something like that. And then lost and then went, like, 12-0 again. Like, we, we were on some pretty big runs and stuff like that and uh it was it was just so much fun like it's so easy to come to the rink when when uh your team like it wasn't that we were like we clicked too it was the thing like we had played together our whole lives we're all best friends um so that was it was a ton of fun yeah what, what's the whole telus cup experience like for a young guy like it's a it's a big it, it's a tournament that looks like it has a really big feel to it you know like a lot of bigness what, what was it like you know partaking in that um, it was unbelievable. We uh, we got to fly out there, so like the Alberta um, Midget League flew us out to uh, New Brunswick, um, St. John's, and uh, we played in a little town actually just uh, right by St. John's called Quispamsis, and they had a pretty cool rink. It was brand new. Um, and they treated us like gold down there. I mean, we have people showing our team around. Um, our room, we come in, like everything's set up. Like we got gift bags and um, all this Telus Cup uh, gear and stuff like that so it was uh it was a pretty cool experience for midget players to go and get treated like a whl or a pro player just got to ask about your league playoffs before the uh telus cup your goaltender austin mcgrath a 980 save percentage and a 0.44 goals against in nine games like dude you must have gone into every game and be like yeah we're winning today <laughs> he was unbelievable um and he had just suffered a, a real big tragedy his father had passed away from cancer i think a week or two before playoffs and uh, he had played uh, every game but one in playoffs. And I know in the finals, uh, we didn't we didn't let in a goal in the finals um, against uh, the Calgary Bison. I think we won like ten nothing, five nothing, and three nothing. <laughs> and like he would make like even there was nights where we got all played and we didn't play good and we won five nothing. And because yeah. he's like making forty five saves, and so he was just in that mindset like where the rink was in a was a happy place for him to come to and a place to get away so um he's unbelievable he's at cornell now and uh going to school and playing hockey and uh he's uh yeah he's a great kid so yeah he was unbelievable for us you know going back to uh after you, you became part of the whl family you know what was that like as a young guy I, I imagine with some options and you know what made you lean towards the uh, the western league um I don't know. I think it was just uh, the experience that I had in Moostra during camp. Um, the guys, the older guys, were really good to me. I think they knew um, partway through that I maybe had a chance to stick around. So they were a little more vocal with me and stuff like that. And um, it just uh, seemed like a really cool opportunity. I mean, you can pick either way and dwell on one or the other, but I chose to pick the dub. And um, I think uh, I made the right choice and starting to see some success now. And uh, it's, yeah, it's just one of those things where you got to pick one and go with it and don't look back. 
How difficult is it to walk into a room when you're, I think, 17 years old when you first went to Moose Jaw and you're sharing a locker room with guys like Jaden Hallbigawatts, Noah Gregor, uh, you know, Brett Howden, Jacob Brook. Like, when you walk in there, is it kind of nerve-wracking? Like, do you just keep your head down and not look at anybody when you first get there? Yeah, I was pretty nervous at first. Um, I'm a pretty vocal guy. I like to um, be pretty loose and vocal and uh, joke around with everyone. So it was kind of tough for me to... I was trying to stay quiet and know my place and stuff like that. Like, I got some some of these guys that have are established players and going to play in the NHL and stuff like that all around me. So I uh, I was pretty nervous, but they were uh, pretty good guys and uh, opened up to me pretty quick, and I was able to open up to them. And, um, yeah, we had a pretty good group of guys, so uh, it made it a lot easier. You know, Swift Current kind of has that Friday Night Lights feel where you walk around town and people want to talk to you, and I'm sure there's been no shortage of advice from some of the fans that have met you. What, is it similar to that in Moose Jaw, same kind of fishbowl type thing? Yeah, like you go to Tim Hortons and somebody there is like, oh, hey, like do you play for the Broncos or do you play for Moose Jaw, like stuff like that. And so it's pretty cool, I think, um, to have that kind of following, especially from small towns. Like, we have a pretty cool fan base here in Swift Current. Um, one that I noticed a long time ago how special it was. Um, it's a smaller rink, but the fans come and they cheer loud, and it feels like it's a, a big environment. And um, that was a, little, it was a little quieter in Musha, but the fans cared a lot about the team. Um, they just weren't as vocal. I don't think so. Um, maybe they were both really cool experiences. Uh, this podcast is going to come out on Thursday, but uh, in a couple hours from right now, the team's jumping on the bus to head to Edmonton for a couple of nights. Uh, I would imagine you're going to have some family and friends at the games at Edmonton too? Yeah, I got uh, close family uh, and friends coming uh, Wednesday for that game, and then uh, I also got a lot of people coming for Friday and uh, and then some of uh, some aunts and uncles and stuff coming uh, for the game on uh, Friday, or, uh, Saturday. So I'm looking forward to it. It's a pretty cool opportunity to go play at uh, Rogers Centre and um, in front of my family and friends. So One person I wanted to ask about was uh, Jared's your dad, right? So yeah. whenever something gets posted on social media about you, he's <laughs> the first person to share it. So oh, yeah. it's obvious that he's very proud of what you've done, but uh, can you just kind of speak to what your parents have, have meant for you throughout your hockey career? Um, yeah, it's... Uh, they're everything to me um they've done a lot uh, we've been through a lot together um especially when i broke my ankle stuff like that that taught us a lot about each other i think um they probably were a little pissed off at me and i was probably a little pissed <laughs> off at them through scenarios <laughs> like that but uh no it's all it's all been really awesome and um they uh they were super awesome throughout the start of this year so far um going through the process in seattle i was insanely stressful not knowing when i walk into the rink if i'm staying or going each day um so I was kind of a roller coaster and they were there for me and then I came back and lived with them for a bit in Lloyd and um that was great uh, I got to spend some more time with them before I came down here and um yeah my dad uh he's pretty active on social media uh <laughs> he uh yeah he's a huge supporter of mine and he's uh I'm sure he's very proud watching uh, me this season and I'm um, just happy to see that uh, I'm having some success and a uh, good opportunity here. And just uh, quickly two weeks to Christmas Jackson any uh, special plans for the family? I'm just gonna go home and uh, hang out and uh, relax with my family and friends. What's on the Christmas list? Uh, I honestly I don't even tell my parents anything I actually except for I did mention golf clubs uh, to my dad this year 
Uh, mine are getting a little worn out, so we'll see. I don't know. They're pretty expensive, but uh, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see how how happy the old man is with me. <laughs> well, like twelve points in thirteen games. I'd say he's pretty happy. <laughs> yep. <laughs> well, this is awesome, Jackson. Uh, thanks for doing this right after practice. Uh, I guess uh, we'll talk again at some point soon, and hopefully another uh, good weekend ahead for you. Thanks for having me. You're listening to Broncos this week, presented by Original Sixteen. The official beer of the Swift Current Broncos. Nice chat with Jackson Koleski, a guy who's uh, seen a lot in his Western Hockey League career, now in his uh, third stop after some visits in Moose Jaw, Seattle, and then now in Swift Current. And uh, hopefully Jackson and the boys have a big Friday the 13th tomorrow night against Edmonton. Yeah, obviously just kind of focused on the positive they had on uh, um, on Wednesday and uh, try and, you know, it's that old adage, and I'm going to use it every time we get a chance, that whole 60-minute game, yeah. It's tough to tough to win a game when you give up two goals in 30 seconds or 60 seconds, and you put yourself, you know, in a, in a pretty sizable hole early on. So, um, you know, if they can tighten up just a just a tiny bit defensively, because like I said, aside from that 34 second stretch, they actually played pretty good yesterday. So, I'm um, just trying to bump that slump and, and get back on the win column before Christmas. Living Sky Casino Broncos hockey begins tomorrow night from Rogers Place in Edmonton. 8 o'clock face-off, and then a roadie to Red Deer for Saturday night. Uh, same 8 o'clock face-off. Uh, Ryan Schweitzer here in Swift Current at the Innovation Credit Union IPlex and the Bronco Content Lab. Craig Boschman in the field in Edmonton. Have uh, have fun in the big city, Bosch, and we'll chat with you soon. Yeah, you bet. Thanks a lot, and uh, Merry Christmas to everyone listening. Hope you uh, enjoy the holidays with your family and friends. You've been listening to Broncos This Week, presented by Original 16.